I am here with Danny and Emma, Danny Stowell and Emma Lee. They are the owners of Cheshire School of Dance and they are getting married soon as well. So she won't be Emma Lee for much longer. Um, and they're both uh, professional dancers and they were very successful. Danny has won pretty much everything uh, you can win in the UK. Juvenile, junior, youth, amateur, ballroom, Latin and 10 dance. <laughs> Uh, and Emma, she was the Serbian champion, so they're two champions that we have here. So if you could just tell me a little bit more about your background, how you started dancing and all of that. Ladies first. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> I started when I was about six or seven, just a little uh, medley school in London. And sort of um, then progressed, obviously, to go on to open and everything. But I kind of started with not only Latin and born, but kind of other dances as well, like disco, rock and roll, and like street dancing. So that's how I kind of started. Nice. Uh, I started when I was four. Um, I started dancing because my brother done it. So anything my older brother done, I wanted to do. <laughs> and yeah, it kind of went from there. I started off in a medley school, which we have a system in the UK. Uh, where we get grades, and that helped me learn everything. That's kind of my foundations as I went through my career. And then when I got to about, I was quite late on what we call the open circuit. It's where you're lucky enough you get to dance with your partner and represent your country. And I went when I was about 13, and I remember my first comp. I remember I stepped on the floor and was like, oh, my God, these guys are so good. And I knew a little bit about it because I'd done formation and, and team matches within a group. So it was, I wasn't used to just me and my partner out on our own. And then when we're on the Open, I remember I, I said, one day I'm going to be in that final. And within a year, I was there. And uh, I was very lucky. Within a year, I put my head down, worked hard with some new coaches, and I ended up receiving what you said at the beginning. So uh, I've been very lucky. So you started off thinking they're all so good and then you became better. <laughs> You're like, well, I wouldn't say. Yeah, perfect. Um, and then what, what made you want to become dance teachers? Because obviously after you finished dancing, I suppose you could have chosen other, other things to do. I think I kind of got inspired for that when I moved abroad when I was about 19 and I moved to Serbia and we kind of, not that we didn't want to, but we kind of was thrown into a studio and we had to, we had to work with all the kids and I had to even work with kids that didn't speak my language, tried to help them with English because they needed English when they went to competitions and we probably had about maybe 16 couples there to look after little couples ranging in different ages and they would we would all go to competitions together or you know, support each other and that kind of made me kind of make my decision while I was already competing that I actually wanted to do that when I considered like stopping. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose mine's kind of similar. Um but I was lucky growing up that I had brothers um and I got a sister and Anything we done, we got really into, so any sport, and dancing kind of took the centre sort of role through all of it, and all right, I was lucky in all sorts of sport. I'm kind of a sporty person, so whenever I got good at something, I had to decide, and dancing, being lucky enough to sort of win a championship, kind of made that decision of where I wanted to go, but obviously, going through all these different sports, you learn about team, you learn about... Um, being together in a group and obviously going at it yourself, having coaches behind you and things like that. 
and they kind of influence you as you go along your career and kind of they're already embedded into it you know when you do decide which thing you want to pick whether it be education sport whatever you're into and they kind of path you know pave the way for you and uh, it kind of just it's kind of blended into you that you will go on to kind of share your knowledge as well and it's mm. something like obviously when I left school I obviously was dancing a lot of the time so I had to get sort of a part-time job to help so my mum lucky enough she owns a catering company I went and helped and within that something that kind of really made me I want to teach something was there was a group of children at one of these schools that I was at who had disabilities or, or uh, special needs and we went along and I just connected with them and I found ways to adapt to help and they asked me to stay after my job for a little bit before I went to practice mm-hmm. and I was so inspired by teaching these kids helping them out that it was definitely right I'm going to try and put that into my dance it's something I want to do yeah. I kind of also had a lot of support from uh, Michael Sulianus and Lorna Lee as well to say to me, like, when I was competing and they were obviously my main teachers, Lorna kind of sat me down when we turned professional and said, like, you really need to start thinking about building a school. It will help you while you're competing. And, you know, it's a fabulous thing to do to kind of pass on your knowledge mm. to other people. You know, and that, that kind of, I suppose, all of that, the hard bit is jumping from stopping your career yeah competitive career to teaching as much as we can do a little bit of teaching as we do in our career but to go full into it you have to make that decision i'm ready to stop and move on and go into what i've always wanted to do inspire and help other people have Mm. the opportunities we had and and what do you think is like the c so you obviously been both been kind of successful in dancing so what would you say is like the secret ingredient that made you successful was there something in your personality that made you successful <laughs> um you've got to have a bit of that you've kind of got to have your own personality your own persona on the floor you've anyway. got to be very determined you've got to be able to take the good parts and the knockbacks and you know, really try to see when you do have part time to see how you can sort of come through that and not let it let it kind of break you. Mm. And you've got to be a little bit. I I think to be in this sport, you have kind of got a little be a little bit nuts. Okay. You know, just, just to carry on and to sort of to get things to have that determination to yeah. come from just doing it as socially or just kind of doing it just at the lower level to kind of doing it to the high level. You you've got to be like. I think quite a peculiar person to kind of just... Yeah. And, and it's hard. You've got to be willing to go in your own little bubble. Yeah. That's the hard bit for a lot of people. Yeah, come out of your comfort zone, I think, as well. You know, it was hard for me. I'm a people's person. I like being around people, but actually separating that and going, right, this is my bubble. This is what I want. Not what other people want, what I want. Mm. And it was hard for me because I came from a school environment, growing up in that medalist thing, and then when I went in the open, that was hard. And until I knuckled down and got a good team around me, so I felt I had a bubble still, mm. but you have to be in that bubble with just your coaches and the people you trust around you and work hard. Mm. You've got to have a bit of backbone, as Emma said, take take the punches and roll on with them. You've got to be able to sort of just put all your focus into that one thing as well. You've got to be, I don't want to use the word narrow-minded, but kind of just tunnel vision of kind of this is what I'm going to do to really mm. make it. Mm. Because you've 
you know, in every way you no, can. You've just got to get to that. You've got to commit to it. Yeah. All right. And yeah. like any child growing up, you do all sorts of different things that maybe you can go on and, and do what you love. Like I was lucky I played golf. I was a yeah, rugby both player. Yeah, swimming. You know, Emma swimming and stuff like that. But you have to then pick you one. Choose you have to mm, pick one. You have to sacrifice. You know, like Emma was high up in swimming and things. Me in golf and rugby. I played for Kent, my local county, for years and then had to make that decision. I now, this is what I want to do. Mm. And everything into it. And as you said, you're going to go through those hard times. Yeah. But you've got to be the one who's going to work harder than the person next And time. you most of all have to do it for yourself. You can't be doing it for a parent, for a partner, mm. for a whoever. Yeah. You've got to do it for you. You've got to want to do it for yourself. Because sometimes it's just you or just you and your, your partner. So like, you have to do it for yourself. It's that thing, isn't yeah. it? You've got to love what you do. If not, don't do it. Yeah. And Danny, you said as well that it's really important, and I think this is something that is very important to like choose the right team around you. So choose the right team of teachers, of of people that you surround yourself with. So how did you like choose that set of people, or how did you decide how you chose that side of set of people? We obviously had because we didn't ask him, but we obviously yeah. had different set of yeah. teachers and things. Um, well, I think firstly we chose possibly because of what we when we saw these people because they've all competed themselves what we liked about them and maybe they inspired us so maybe that's the first reason we we chose them because mm. um, obviously there, there's so many inspiring dancers that I've had as a teacher but then it's really something that just you, you feel that clicks with you that gets you as a dancer um, I've obviously had teachers that are obviously my teachers and then I've had people that I've count as my family, my coaches, you know, so there, there is a big difference between that. Mm. So just somebody you feel really just, most of all, just gets you and that really is, I think you have to have a teacher that really wants it for you as well. Yeah. You know, and, and as teachers, we can kind of like help you on that, on that way. We can't do it for you when I'm looking from the other side now, but we can, we can definitely help you and guide you because we've been through it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like, for me, I picked a team around me really without realising um, from growing up. I'm very lucky that I had a dance school that was literally, it's a one minute walk around the corner. Um, but they backed me ever since. And they even admitted they held me back. They didn't want to let me go. But the time was right. Off you Which go. I think happens with a lot of dancers. And it, and it like, does, mm. but you need to pick people like stepping stones, you've got to go through that next sort of barrier. Because obviously, teachers do get older, young ones come through, times change, but you've got to pick someone, for me, big time, who's been there and done it. That's what I always believed in. Someone who's been there and done it, I want to take their knowledge. Mm. They, they've been lucky enough to be successful and be at the top. Why were they and how did they get there? And pick mm. their brains. And um, for me, uh, yeah, getting a team around me who I trust. I'm very about trust. I've got to trust you. Mm. And then finding that little pocket, not just with our Borum and Latin, because as Emma said, there's so many people um, in our industry who you could pick as teachers. You've got to get that bond and that connection. And as I said, pick someone who's been there and done it and then go through the stepping stones. And then it gets to a point in your career where, right, I need to add something else. Because dance is not just about 
obviously the better you get you just stay with the same you also need to have people for choreography one might be performance one might be that one might be this and mm. then you have your overall coach mm. was the one or two people I had a husband and wives who I trusted with everything I called them my mum and dad of the ballroom world in Latin mm. um, and then I also stepped out a bit like right here talking to you I also went and had a sports psychologist because it gets tough. Mm. Really yeah, I think does. that's really important to have somebody to take care of your, not just your, because you're kind of being taught by your physical health and dancing. I think it's really important to take care of your mental health as well because yeah. you have a lot of pressures just as the performer in general, not just in a Latin born dancer, but as a performer, you have a lot of different pressures. It's very antisocial. You can't, you know... Just go and mix work and do whatever. You know, you may along the, the line miss parties, miss family gatherings because you are so focused on your travel. You might be traveling to other countries, you might be training a lot. So it's, you definitely have to have sometimes somebody to care about your mental health. Yeah, and mm. that's that commitment, isn't it? It's committing everything and missing that. We both missed Emma the same when we obviously get, we've known, we've missed our youths. But we didn't at the same time because I'm doing something I love. Um, and then having that side when you do doubt things like that, did I do the right thing? Or say you you went to this comment or sounds bad in our industry or I, I said the wrong thing to this person. You need that person to kind of clear your head. Yeah. And, you know, yes, you were right. Um, yeah. You were good. And I think so some why? people are sort of embarrassed to sort of say that they need that kind of help. But I think yeah. it's really a, like... Even if you just think out of our world, I'm sure, well, I'm positive, and I've looked into things that's like top sports people, be it tennis, footballers, I think definitely have mental coaching as well. And I think that's mm. like a really big thing. And I think also it's a, it's, it's a wrong idea to think that it's because there's something wrong with you. It's, it's just yeah, to help you like be, be better and get the best out of yourself. So it's not really a matter of like, I have some kind of problem. From point of view, helping you get to your peak mm. performance. Mm. it's not something wrong with you it's not that something but every human has doubts and and you know things that they can't process maybe alone mm. so yeah definitely not that it's something wrong with you it's just that you're actually being the one that really wants to you know get to that peak performance yeah they take they take all those questioning moments yeah well they, they not take them away they make you really analyze it and think about it yeah. because we're human at the end of the and day forgetting like, sport but forgetting sport forgetting whatever we're human yeah. Yeah. we have feeling so mm. we doubt ourselves we, you know we're questioning ourselves constantly we have highs we have lows one second we're not feeling something the next week we are mm. you know you have good weeks and bad weeks and that goes through practice through competition and that's the thing we work so hard with our coaches or teachers and the practice to try and get the best performance on that one day for what a dance that lasts two minutes and you've got five of them because mm. it's so easy i think as a performer to sort of before you step like step on that floor tell yourself all kind of negative things before mm. you go on there so if somebody could help you with that you know that's you can probably get your better performance out of it because you're so easy you can destroy yourself i think yeah let like put a partner in the mix it's and so easy it. to it's not just about us is it now you're dealing with someone that you spend all the time with uh, every second you can of the day of the week of the month of the year you're constantly with that 
person. And if you can't, this is like the brother or sister, it may be your partner in life, I don't know. Um, but to try and stop all of arguments, to drop it like that is hard. Mm. Some people can't do that. Some people hold on to it. Mm. Might take them the rest of the day, but you've got to learn to drop things like that. And it's all about that moment because that's what you work for. You work for yeah, that moment that's to where get your best performance. Obviously, that person, um, if you do seek like somebody to help you with that, that's where it can obviously help. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, it sounds like mindset has been like really important in your career, and of course, I think it is for for anyone who's successful. So now when you're teaching, how do you kind of help your students cope with that? Or how do you like instill that kind of right mindset into your students? Just send them to me, not English. Oh, no, I'm, I'm totally like, literally, I'm totally different as a teacher than what I was as a competitor. I think I was so much harder on on yourself than yeah. you are on your students. Mm. Uh, because you almost, as a competitor, which I don't want my students to be, always kind of um you've got nobody else to blame but yourself if something goes wrong mm. so it's so hard on yourself but sometimes you don't see the good in you mm. so i'm like really you know i try to instill in my students like there is always something good there always some positive yes we have things to work on but don't tear yourself down because tearing yourself down is not gonna gonna help yeah you know you have to go on there to perform so yeah totally different and i think your own mistakes as a competitor being maybe too hard on yourself or never thinking something's good enough um you see it in your students and i think you can recognize it more if you've been through that so i think it's 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 a good thing to have that competitive experience because you can see when something's happening so yeah. you sometimes you can feel you know something is like they go to a big competition you can feel them breaking and starting to crumble inside a little bit and you can you know, see that and hopefully you can help that as a coach and a teacher. Mm. You know, you've, you've, you've been You've there. also got that thing of, <clears throat> or my thing, because I am very competitive. <laughs> it's my good thing and it's my bad thing. Um, but my thing, like I say to my students, I don't want them just to be okay. They come to me for a reason and I want them to be the best they can be. Yeah. So I push them in the way that I tell them, I want you My objective as a teacher is to make you or give you the knowledge that I've received over the years, champions before me as well. It's always gone the line, down the line of champions. Give you that knowledge built on because time moves on with dancing, we progress, and be better than I was. That's mm. my objective, which I need as a competitive yeah, person, as a teacher. Than you, than you my objective is to make them better than I was. But in the right way, with all the knowledge I've gained as well, because I'm not my coach when I was competing. I've done the competitive. I've also branched out and done other things to help me. So I built on my knowledge. Now, that was me. I needed that, which um, obviously a sports psychologist can tell you. I needed that because I can't lose that. Mm. That's the, that was the hardest thing for me to do is to stop competing. So I need to instill that in someone else. And it's helping them through, like I said, the highs, the lows. And it's hard. It is hard as a teacher because you're standing on the edge of the floor. Because we, we, we turn up to every single comp. <laughs> we're a bit like that. We turn up to every single comp, no matter where it is in the world, we still go. And that was our objective, to always be there because it's hard at the top. You can't always have your coach with you, but we tried to. And be there whenever we could. 
and the heartbeat is seeing it. You can see it happening. You can see when they're having a bad day, seeing that. And if anything, we feel probably more than them. Mm. But it's changing. We're kind of trying to be the sports psychologist for them. But we can only use the knowledge that we own. And we've we just have to try to push them as much as we can, but also be a safety net for when, you know, it doesn't all go. Doesn't right? Because yeah. we know through our career, it doesn't yeah. always go. And as we said right. to them, you have... It's not a problem. You have a bad day, get back and work harder. Work mm. harder than everyone else. Mm. If someone's working 10 times harder than that person, you work 20 times harder. And we get back and we really get them to work. Mm. And in the end, you can always change uh, an outcome, you know. So if you work harder, the outcome can always change in our sport. Yeah. What, what would you say is the biggest obstacle that you managed to kind of overcome in your career? And how did you manage to overcome them? Oof. <sighs> Biggest obstacle mm, or challenge? Um. Biggest if stumbled. Right? <laughs> Have you had Biggest none? Obstacle. You would be the first. That would be lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what? There's so many things where you overcome them, but I am, me personally, I'm a bit arrogant and I don't let the walls get in my way. I literally. I'm, I was so tunnel vision that I would knock it out. Mm. I'm a, like that. I just think, no, there ain't nothing going to stop me. And But, you know, there was the one thing that did actually think about, and that was deciding to stop. Mm. And I stopped really for me a bit too early. Um, but it, it was just one of those decisions that was kind of happened. Things moved on. And then I went, Do you know what? All right. I've done this all my life. I want to learn something else. I just, yeah. I was down. And that was, that's the other emotion. The first time my partner and me, we split, she stopped. I was down. And I don't get down, but I got down. And actually was one of my coaches sent me off because I was helping teach at that studio, sent me off on a fitness course. Mm. Just some fitness dance thing. I went off. And within two weeks, because I had this freedom again to be myself, express myself, have fun, I was off in Australia doing this fitness thing. And I then changed my mind, changed my outlook on everything. Actually, there's more out there to learn mm. and to express. I had more in me. Mm. Um, but that was probably the hardest thing in coming, even today, you know, coming to terms with you, you can't go back, back Danny. <laughs> times yeah. have changed things move on and it may have only been a few years but people progress people get good quickly yeah you get back to that level and if I didn't reach where I was at number one that would probably hurt me more than anything else mm. so I have to kind of accept that's the hard bit accepting that it's done and now you've got to focus on putting the time into us you want. Yeah. I think for me it was probably always thinking that you're not good enough but I think that I overcome that obstacle when I stopped competing yeah I don't think I ever actually overcome that because everything seems to be when you're competing it's always kind of like because you have that competitive edge oh it's not good enough it needs to be better it needs to be better mm. where I think like now when I stopped competing I kind of got over that and it wasn't that I ever thought that everything was better then it was just that I kind of stopped caring what people thought as much mm. and I started to care more about what I felt or somebody closer to me not mm. everybody else and I kind of you know I think it was just that, that I overcome that whole thing of needing to worry about what everybody else thought of me and yeah. just 
concentrate on myself and you know my loved ones what they thought and yeah, you've got that thing it's um you've got life as well that was hard it's not just about that tunnel vision of it's just it's yes it is for those many years and then you actually you know what you have got to provide for yourself you've got to get out you've got to have a family at some point if that's what you want um and those sort of things yeah. and you if you feel you're at the peak of where you can be you've got to accept and move on and do other things in your life like we said mm. you've got the family side but you've also got your students if not are you ever going to start that where you can then pass on the knowledge Yeah, and I think actually that's something that that we rarely like anyone rarely talks about. But I think this transition from being a dancer and having tunnel vision, and you're a dancer, and this is all you do, and this is like your whole identity, and then suddenly you're not a dancer anymore, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> so you've had all this like goal your whole life, and then suddenly that is taken away, and and for sure that is that is quite a challenge, and it's I think it's very definitely hard. Something. And you find sometimes you find yourself slipping back into that, especially if you continue to be a coach or a judge yeah. or something. Sometimes you find yourself, I know we have found ourselves slipping back into that to sort of to, to achieve something. It's like... Suddenly it practicing was, your rumba walks around the studio, you can't stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, for us, it was like, uh, for last year, it was a very big goal for us to have the national champions. And we kind of, in the juvenile, we kind of set our sight on that. And in the end, you could find, by the end of it, before it came to November, you could find us two even slipping into that whole tunnel vision again. And even down to standing there when the results were called. Mm. Um, I think it was... Uh, I think it was Shit. more... Yeah, I think oh, it was more shocking, shocking and more like kind of our reaction. And we were standing in the back as if we was waiting for our number to be called. Yeah. Where, competitors were far more these two you know 11 year old children was was far more relaxed than than us two ex-competitors standing at the back yeah because we only saw that of that had to happen that they had to to be in that position yeah mm. you, you get stuck in situations that you've seen before and then you kind of check yourself because you kind of like after you're like Right, okay. okay. We wasn't we wasn't dancing dancing that. We couldn't change the outcome. You know, we, we yeah. are the coaches, but for that moment you kind of slip back into your old, you know Yeah. But yourself <laughs> and it was that thing of Yeah, it was it was getting to that point where that's everything, you know. Mm. Again, yet we set stepping stones forward using what we've learned over the years, like we said. We tried not to get to that point where we would overtake our students, if you want to call it that. Mm. And we stepped in stones. We said we're going to get you hit, but, but I think on the day, on the day, on that the day moment, went out the window. But yeah. stealing that, that positivity to them as well. Yeah. So it's usually the things we picked up. You've got to be positive and know that we can pick them up. We said you're going to have hard times. It won't happen, and especially with ours because let's be honest. In our industry, some people just go to everybody and they get confused. So much information, they don't know what they're doing, and and yeah, you know, it's it's one of those, but. Our kids just trusted in us. And then you've got to take the setbacks. Oh, what if it doesn't happen? How yeah, so it kind of mm. almost felt like the both of us was on the floor. Because yeah, it was yeah. us, the only teachers. We so set, those, set those stepping stones for them and, and we got there. And then that day, like you say, I felt I was there waiting to get the trophy again. But it wasn't. It was not you became the champions, yeah. 
after all that hard work. Mm. And we're just lucky that it paid off and they were double champions. Yeah. So, so the last question that I had, and it might, be, it might be a little bit of a difficult one, but what is the best advice that you got through your career? So maybe from a teacher or from, from other dancers or from your parents, like what was the best advice that you got in your career? I got a couple. Yeah? And, um, and I'm a bit like that. Um, <laughs> I always stuck by a couple of, I'm into quotes and things. And I, I had this obviously finishing my career and trying to find other things to help. And um, I had that one, just be yourself, just do you. And I kind of stick to that with my kids. And I have another one that, yeah, I, I got it on my arms, but I live by this. And it, it says, look not mournfully into the past, it comes not back again. Mm. So I say that to my kids, they laugh, because I use it in how you hold your frame up and show your arms and blah, blah, blah. But I tell them, that one, you don't look at it, because it, it's dipping down. Don't look in the past. It's even down for them, so they don't see it mm. in their frame. Um, and then the other one says, I shall go forth to meet the shadowy future without fear. And I kind of tell them that all the time. And some people think I'm crazy, all these quotes, all you're in your head. But it's not, and it shows off to them. And I have my frame up, and we're in the position. And it tells them, you don't know what's going to happen, mm. but just go into there, no worries, no fear, and give it all you've got. Mm. All that hard work, one day, will pay off. Yeah, hopefully. I think for, for me, it was just something that one of my uh, teachers said, Gainafer, uh, she kind of said in one of her lessons that you just have to be like I said before, a little bit different, a little bit crazy to even survive this business. So don't be be scared to be different and be you. And yeah. I think that that's like kind of, we're all different. And I think we kind of have to to think of that and know that. And mm. that's it, it's come with sort of the same, we did go to the same teaching, it's the same sort of message, be yourself, mm. just be you. And I think this is a, a great way to finish as well. But oh, I think also it's, It's uh, what's so nice about this is all these skills that we learn in dancing is something that we can be applied in life as well. So whether you're a dancer or not, I think those are good advices to, or good quotes to live by. So thank you very much for for talking to me today. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.